The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I feel it in my I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I'm a I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round one recap for this week's Mexico Open. Joining me to break it all down, Mark Emmelman is here. Hi, Mark. How's it, Rick? How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, I was ranting earlier, but I've taken a breath and I'm good. Thank you very much. It's <laughs> okay. Well, we've got some, we've got a worldwide leaderboard with a few South Africans in the mix already. Mm, yeah. Well, look, it's uh, we talked a little bit about it in the grass conditions. And funnily enough, um, I was working on the book that I'm writing a little earlier today. And the one chapter was... It was actually, I was talking about nature versus nurture, right? And and people who grow up on paspalum, perhaps, or kukuyu, you know, they chip a certain way and they pitch a certain way because of how the club interacts with the grass. And then people who grew up on Bermuda, which is lies down, it's tighter, you know, they approach the craft a little differently. And I, I talked to Eric Cole about it this afternoon in preparation for next week. And he was like, yeah, absolutely. He goes, on Bermuda, I chip different to how I chip when I'm on Paspalum or Kukuyu and such. And so for the Saffirs, you know, they grew up in Kukuyu. So when they get to some of the West Coast places and certainly to something like Paspalum, they start to feel a little comfy, you know. That's a comfy little nugget. Okay, we'll, we'll get to those guys, but we're going to start with the man who sprinted out of the gates early on Thursday morning. His name, Cameron Champ, who went out in 30, played a much more quiet second nine, one over par. When the dust settled, Mark, it was a five under 66. And Cameron Champ, you know, exhibit 1,565 of why golf is so weird, uh, has missed his previous four cuts. But when he shows up at Vedanta Vallarta, he turns into a different type of player. Well, it was true to form this place. I mean, when we all talked on Tuesday, we were like, yeah, we're picking bombers because the rough is not very punitive and it's a big golf course and a lot of the holes, especially the harder ones like 10 and 16 and such, they play into the wind. So power is a virtue. And then because the greens are just massive and they have these quadrants and sections to them, you know, if you're going in there with shorter clubs, it makes life a whole lot easier for putting. Uh, but Cam Champ is the kind of guy like, you know, when you see him pop up on the leaderboard, you wonder how the heck doesn't he do it all the time? Uh, and then he sort of disappears, but he's softly spoken and no one really notices. But the truth is, for as prodigious as what his power is, and for as talented as, as what he is, you would expect him to do this more often. But he battles, battles a bulky putter. So, you know, when you're fighting that, it gets kind of hard. But today was kind of the perfect day for him. And I just hope now, that he kicks this on because he does have 
a penchant for when he plays well, he finishes well. And if he plays poorly, he just disappears early. So maybe this is another one of those weeks, you know? Yeah, he's either hoisting the trophy or on the first flight Saturday morning. Those are those are basically Saturday, Friday evening, bro. Time to cock cotton out. <laughs> those are basically the two options. Speaking of bombers who sometimes have trouble with the putter, let's go to Tony Fee now. He was the favorite to win before the tournament started. And this was almost, almost blemish free, Mark. Unfortunately. He doesn't make just a bogey. He makes a double at number eight, a six on a par four. That was the only square, in that case, squares on the card on, on Thursday. He offsets it with, with four birdies. He's in at two under, which is going to be six shots off the lead. It was an empty round. Um, I obviously paid attention. I was watching PGA Tour Live because I have the week off and I can. Um, and he was my one and done pick. And so he was a feature group. And I thought the round was... It could have been really good, and then it sort of looked like he just missed a few opportunities. Like on his second nine, which is the front, the first few holes are a handful, and then it opens up a little bit for you. And there's a par five that's, I think it's six, maybe. Um, he, he had like it's over 600 yards, but it's a little wind assist, and he had his driving three iron in there. Came up just short, didn't convert. The next hole's the short drivable four. He hit it just next to the green, hit a beautiful pitch and made three. So now he's three under. But the last two holes, they're playing back into the wind. Eight is a brute. I mean, it's, the, to me, the oh, I would say the third hardest par four. I'd say 10 and 16 are harder. Um, and you, there's room, all manner of room down the left-hand side. I don't care who you are. If you hit it in the, in the water on the right, it's a massive miss. And he didn't just hit it in the water on the right. This thing started over the water. So he had to drop the ball back on the tee. And in the end, I thought it was a pretty good six that he made because he two putted from like 50 feet. So that was disappointing because, again, it was a round that had the makings. And, of course, he makes a beautiful birdie on the ninth hole, his final hole, to bounce back. He speaks of it to me as to perhaps where the game is because if he was really battling the swing that hard, it would have shown him up with a long iron into a quartering breeze on on the ninth hole, his final hole too. He had a beautiful one to about 10 feet and converted. So it was just, I think, one of those days. And uh, I'm expecting that perhaps he builds on the final birdie and kind of starts to accelerate tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, very valuable bounce back birdie on his final hole of the day. We'll move back towards the top of the leaderboard. Cristobal Del Solar. If that name sounds familiar, Mark, it's because he shot a 57 on Corn Ferry Tour a couple of weeks ago. He is in this event on a sponsor's invite, and he is making the most out of it. A six under 65. The lone bogey that he made came on the 14th. That is a par five, but he drove it well. Top 10 in the field in strokes gained off the tee. He putted it well. Top 15 in strokes gained putting for round one. Are, are we seeing are we seeing another young gun starting to put his name into the mix? Well, apparently, um, look, I paid attention when I saw the name and like you, I'm like, I know this name, I know this name. And then I did a little uh, rummaging and I saw that, hold on, this is the dude that broke 60. And I'll tell you one thing, the swing I watched on television today was a long way removed from the stuff that people had found on Twitter a few weeks ago. And um, he looked really sharp. Uh, I was impressed at the distance control. Because it's easy um, on those spalum greens where you don't get a lot of bounce forward. But if you miss a ball to come up, you know, 20, 30, 40 feet shy. And you add wind to the mix and there was enough to just kind of throw the cat amongst the pigeons. 
where he was hit the ball whole high a bunch and 65 was a heck of a day and apparently you know he's got some skills so i'm keen to see how this whole week plays out because this week with a slightly weaker field you can make some hay quickly and earn a bunch of fedex cup points and a whole lot of bucks so uh, this is shaping up to be another good time of it for him yeah and i i you know, gave him credit for being a young gun. He's younger than me. He's younger than you, Mark, but he's uh, 30, which I don't know if we necessarily, you know. I could be his dad, bro. Come on now. <laughs> 30. Jeez. I'm glad you mentioned the strength of field because I always wonder when the guys from the DP World Tour come over and they start to, start to mix it up, how are they going to do? I think it can be kind of field strength dependent. Well, Thorbjorn Olsson is throwing his name into the ring right now. He probably had some of the top five betting odds for the week he played at a six excuse me a five under 66 he rallied late with a birdie on number six and eagle on number seven those were his last couple of holes as he finished up on the front side and he's trying to make that trip mark from across the pond grab some points grab some money grab a new level of status and see what can happen in a couple of weeks yes and i commend you because you spoke about him on tuesday and i was like oh thorbjorn um, uh, hadn't even been paying attention kind of thing. Uh, and that was a really good call on your behalf. But I will say this, when I was, heck, I would think I was still teaching over in Europe on the European tour then. When he was a young man, even sort of just prior to the challenge tour, he came out and he was the next big thing over there. There were television cameras following him all the time. They did magazine features on him. You know, Thomas Bjorn at the time was a star and he was he was talking about Thorbjorn a whole bunch, Torbjorn, I should say. And so there's always been a lot expected of him. And I think perhaps, you know, that's a heavy load to bear for a young man. And he came out and he's been good on the DP World Tour. But the skill, the game that he has, he's expect he's expecting or he should have expected more than that. Then of course he had the mix up on the on the airplane that one international trip and he, he blended some sleeping tablets with some with some adult beverages, and that didn't turn out very well. So it's nice to see him playing well because he's a good guy, and he's a hell of a talent. He truly is. 66 is currently three shots off the lead. We will talk about that leader and those in the afternoon wave, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. 
Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Patrick Rogers, who finished up uh, just a bit ago, five under 66. He made bogey on the first hole that he played, number 10, and not another one after that. Uh, Rogers is from that, I think it was 2011 class, right, where it's Berger mm -hmm. and Spieth and uh, JT and all these other guys. Rogers has this unbelievable college career, and we're still looking, still looking for that breakthrough moment on the PGA Tour. It's such a strange game, isn't it? Uh, and look, I wouldn't be listening to me right now because I faded Rogers on our Tuesday show. There's still time. Uh, well, <laughs> true, this is Thursday. Um, but, you know, it really is, for me, a case of horses for courses. But he's always been good. I think if there was a knock on Patrick, he was legendary in college. I mean, he won everything he played in at Stanford. And so much was expected of him, almost like an Olison, perhaps, that there was a big load to bear. Um, but I, the Patrick Rogers I've always known has always been a big tinkerer. And when he didn't play well, it almost appeared. Now, I don't know this for sure. It's just me watching the PGA Tour and watching from close. It almost appeared like he'd start working on his golf swing some more. Uh, and, and there's an element to golf at the highest level where you sort of dance with a lady that brung you. And, and whereas he would try and fix his swing, it's just a case of going to play. And maybe at a place like this where he's had success, he gets there and he goes, you know, I can just go and play. Sea Island, strangely, is the same sort of an idea. When he shows up down there, he's very good. I've called him in a playoff over there. But the way he hits it is tremendous. He's got this big, wide golf swing that's powerful. Um, I would say if there's a little bit of a, a fissure, it might be on the greens. But he, we know he's good. You know, this just might be his, his week because he hasn't had the win yet either. Do you remember who he lost to, Mark, in that playoff at Arsenal? Yeah, Henrik Norlander. I was there. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yes? Billy Horschel? Nope. Tyler Duncan? <laughs> <laughs> Who's in the playoff with? Charles Howe III. Oh, goodness. I'm getting my years all mixed up. Yeah, that was uh, that was Chucky Al. Norlander was in the one the following year, I think. It was. I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, so this is event number 257 for Patrick Rogers. Zero wins, four runner-up finishes, two of them. He lost into a, in a playoff Charles Howell at the 19, or I guess the 2018, 2019 RSM and Akshay uh, at the Barracuda. I'm just impressed that I remembered Hendrik Norlander from the RSM Classic. <laughs> that was a good point too. Yeah. Okay. I want to get your thoughts on Vincent Norman here, Mark, because he's he good. That boy good. <laughs> yeah. And I know you've laid eyes on him long before a lot of others have. And he unfortunately stumbled to the finish line today. He bogeyed 16. He bogeyed 17. He parred 18, which is a par five. Still shot a three under 68. Still beat the field average by a pretty good margin, about two and a half shots. So he's going to be inside the top 20 heading into the weekend, or excuse me, heading into Friday. This dude moves it off the tee. It sounds different off his club, and I know that you've been seeing that for a long time. Crazy, crazy. You know, um, boy, he and Ludwig... Oberg are like best buddies. Ludwig is, is apparently crashing at uh, Victor's uh, Vincent's um, apartment in, in Tallahassee right now. And they both play a similar game. They're really neat swingers of the golf club, strong, tall, like six foot two, six foot three, wiry. Um, 
Vincent just creates a ton of speed and he hits the ball flat and it goes forever. And the first time I ever watched him play in college, I was like, goodness gracious me, this, this child is really, really sound. And beautifully, I, I spoke with him briefly at Torrey Pines earlier this season. And then late last season too, because he had started to, he found his groove on the tour to me. Because when it, he got out, it was like he was, I'm good enough, but I don't believe it. It looks to me like he's starting to believe it. And he mentioned, he goes, you know, the good news is, I still feel like I've got a lot of going to go. I'm not at my ceiling yet. And, and look, all of these players will sort of tell you that because they're always working and they want to improve a little bit and they touch on here and they touch on there and they look at the data and then they figure, well, I must improve bunker play and stuff like this. To me, he can improve in every area of the game, but he's just raw and he's got power and he's got power and he's the kind of guy that doesn't really back down when the pressure is up. So again, in this field, it's another place where Vincent Norman can come through a little bit, even though he's kind of got the PGA Tour, a PGA Tour win and a European Tour win. The man they are all chasing, the South African, Brian, mm -hmm. 63, 8 under par. And he was momentarily, Mark, on 59 watch today because he went out in 29. He holed out for both, uh, excuse me, uh, Eagle on number 12, the par 5. He gave one back at 15, but he was able to offset that with another birdie on 18. He is currently two shots clear. He, the only man who could catch him at this point, another South African, MJ Duffy. We'll get to him in a second. EVR put together a good one today. Goodness gracious me. He loves Mexico, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Because he won there in the fall um, at Mayakoba. It was not Mayakoba. It was at the Worldwide Technologies event. Yeah, so um, it's El Diamon uh, Diamante. Or Tiger's Place. Tiger's Place, yeah. Um, it's... Look, he's coming into his own as well. Eric has always been a neat swinger of the club, hard worker. Um, coming out of South Africa, he was good, but he wasn't like the pick of the litter. And he came to college in Minnesota, which for a little boy from down in the southwest of South Africa, that's a scenery change because they don't get snow down there. In fact, he grew up in a partially de desert area. So he's in Minnesota, comes through college, sort of just finds his way onto the tour and works hard and works hard. And right now it looks like, you know, after battling some injury, having surgery, you know, having a child, he just looks comfortable right now. And he looks like Eric knows what Eric has to do to bring out his best when it means something. And that to me is too, you know, you and I always have these dinnertime conversations where the data is great and you've taught me a lot about that and I use it. But I wish there was a measurable that showed when how guys would show up when the moment means something. And if there's something that Eric has, he's got that. You know, when the chips are down, he'll show. Certain guys, when the chips are down, they capitulate, but Eric has got it. And um, look, he's clearly confident. Uh, it's a similar sort of a feel, this golf course, to where he won at the Worldwide Technologies event. So maybe, again, it's a horses for courses thing. And he loves Mexican food, apparently. Why wouldn't he? Yeah. The Well, his countrymen is the last chance for somebody to to grab him. It's going to take it's going to take a long putt and it's going to take a birdie on his last, but MJ Duffy has a hole and a half to play. He's birdied his last two. He's birdied five of his last seven. He's he's six under par and currently on the green on his second to last hole of the day. He leads the field mark in strokes gained approach right now. He is top 10 in putting. Those two things are certainly going to go a long way. They are 
bad news for MJ is the last two holes he's playing are two of the harder holes on the golf course. Yeah, that's and that's and that's the thing about this course too. You know, um, if you're finishing it the way it should be played, from one through eighteen, sixteen is a brutal par four. It's sort of a sliding dogleg to the right hand side with penalty area and out of bounds down the right, bunker down the left, and the green is perched up so it plays longer and it always plays into this quartering left to right wind, the uncomfortable one for the right hander. Then seventeen is a par three that can play up to two hundred and twenty yards straight into the wind. Then 18 is a five that's reachable. Here on the front side where he's finishing, eight, I mentioned it's a long par four. It's to me like the third hardest hole. Big green. You're not going to make many birdies there. And nine, you can get away with one because where the hole is cut today, everything sort of feeds in there. But still, you've got to hit yourself some sort of quality, you know, medium to long iron. And uh, whereas he can, because if you watch MJ play, he's got an element of Ernie Els to him. You know, he's tall, he's blonde big syrupy wide rhythmic golf swing um and and he's he's played well in the states he just he's one of those on again off again guys off the pga tour but he's got the chops so um, i'm keen to see how he finishes today and then you know goes over the weekend okay well josh let's see what vegas says about this after 18 holes in mexico there he is evr the favorite Jeez. Short odds. <laughs> yeah, pretty short with a lot of golf to be played. Four to one. The next shortest odds go to Olsen, 10 to one. Hoygaard, 12 to one. Patrick Rogers and Valamaki, they're at 14. Cam Champ at 16. And Tony Finau also at 16. Mark, oh man, that's a lot of respect at the top of the board. Yeah, I'm looking at the leaderboard here and I see Lipsky, who's good. <laughs> Norlander, we've talked about him. He's six under. Del Salar. <laughs> These guys aren't even getting any love. What's going on here? Gee, whiskers. I mean, th after Thursday, I find these numbers somewhat surprising. Um, you know Vegas better than me, so I'll let you comment. I don't know if I like any of these. Um, I I think actually, so Matt Wallace just finished up at 66. He's 22 to 1. I think that that's very interesting. He has a history. Um, the biggest outlier in Matt Wallace's career statistically is that he crushes weak field events. That's like his big yeah. mm -hmm. thing. And here he is in the mix again. So I would probably go to, to Matt Wallace, but of these guys on the board, I, I think there is something to be said about cam champ at 16 or now he's down to 18 to one, because you mentioned it earlier, Mark, when he's confident, when he's playing well, he has legitimate PGA tour winning upside. And yeah. now that he's in the event, like he's in it, he, he's, he's, he's engaged. It's coming. He's going to be a part of this. Um, I'm a lot more confident than I was, you know, before the event, before, before the event started. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, we on the show have made mistakes that we don't let you talk more often because you mentioned Joseph Bramlett's mm -hmm. and I was like, Hmm, interesting. I see he's four under, um, uh, Hoygaard's three, so he's five back, and that's some short odds for me too. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's all too open. If I was advising folks right now, um, I'd be like, leave this stuff alone. Let's let it shake out a little bit before you put your money down. Yeah, maybe check back in uh, after a cut is made because there's going to be a lot of jockeying for position come uh, Friday night, Saturday night, and then, of course, when this thing wraps up on Sunday. The good news is we'll be here after each and every round to discuss everything that is happening in Mexico this week. For now, I want to thank producer Josh, who does all the hard work behind the scenes. That's Mark Immelman. You can find him at Mark underscore Immelman, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut. We'll catch you next time.